So we have a privilege, having come out of corruption. So I'm asking ourselves, if we have this grace, this privilege, for having escaped corruption, why would you want to defile yourself and to be corrupted? Certainly, it is not a path. It is not a choice that you and I have to make. Because thanks be to God, we have escaped corruption. A great escape that has come upon us. Why would you run into it and to defile yourself before the Lord? So that is the very first compelling point that I think that for me, I believe that having escaped this corruption, I need to stay away and be alert and not to defile my life. The second point is that the Lord has begotten me and you again unto a lively hope. There is a new beginning for us. There is a new hope for me and you. There is a lively hope set before us in First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. In First Peter chapter 1, Will be delivered shortly from darkness into light. So, <laughs> just stay alert. Hallelujah. So we're touching on the five compelling reasons. First one being the fact that you and I have escaped corruption. And therefore we should not take or make any choice that will take us back into a corrupt situation. The second point which we on when the lights went up was that we have been begotten again unto a lively hope. He says, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that faded not away, reserved for you in heaven. So here again, as you can see, because of the mercies of the Lord, you and I have a lively hope. The abundant mercy of the Lord has begotten us again unto a lively hope. And through this lively hope, we have an inheritance which is incorruptible, 
undefiled. So if we have this promise, if we have this before us, and I'm saying if you and I have to make a choice, why would you choose something that will affect your inheritance? So that is the second point which Peter wrote unto the church. The third point is that we are supposed to work towards our perfection. We know we all will have to start from somewhere. Each one of us, depending on where the Lord picked us, there has to be a growth. We need to set our sights on the fact that we need to grow into perfection. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Again, you and I are focused should be on the drive towards perfection. So if we have to make a choice, we have to make progress, you and I are not going back. We need, we need to focus on the promises. As we focus on the promises, all the filthiness have to be done away. As we perfect holiness in the fear of God. Hallelujah. The fourth compelling reason which I believe is that it is indeed a privilege to stand in the presence of the Lord. It is indeed a privilege to have fellowship with the Lord. It is indeed a privilege to have communion with the Lord. But the issue is if you are filthy, if you have defiled yourself, you cannot stand in the presence of God. If you desire to stand in the presence of God, if you desire to receive from the Lord, ascending to the holy hill demands that we come clean. If you are defiled, you cannot ascend to the holy hill. The holy hill takes you to the presence of the Lord. It is only those who have not defiled themselves who can do so. And here when you read Psalm 24 verses 3 to 5, will indicate to us, even as our brother Pakanyakun sang, that state of holiness presence demands that we don't defile ourselves. And indeed, it's a great privilege to stand in the presence of the Lord. We have the situation of Joshua, the high priest, in Zechariah chapter 1, chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, where when his garment was filthy, Satan told the Lord, Look at your high priests. 
Maybe we can quickly look at Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1. He says, And he showed me Joshua the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Not this a brand plugged out of the fire. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spoke unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thy iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with change of raiment. And I said, Let them set a fair meter upon his head. So they set a fair meter upon his head, and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested, protested unto Joshua, saying, Thou sayest the Lord of hosts, if thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my course, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by God. Who doesn't want to walk and stand by the Most High? But if you defile yourself, as at a point in time, Joshua's garments have been defiled. His heart has been defiled. Soul has been defiled. Satan will even accuse you. And for our God who works on legalities, we'll have to make sure you are properly clothed and your garments have changed. And as your garments are changed, I'm saying you and I, if we have a choice to make, I do not have to defile myself so that I can stand in the presence of the Lord and receive instructions and directions. Hallelujah. Standing before Him is indeed a great privilege if I can stand before Him. That is why you and I have to make a choice not to defile ourselves. For many people, they will only see the actions of God. Or his actions. But if you can come clean, if you can stay pure, you are the one that the Lord will make known his ways. You will be made known to understand the ways of God. Whilst others are seeing the acts and the deeds, God will show you his ways. Hallelujah. So in Psalm 103, verse 7, scriptures say that God made his ways known unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. Don't be an ordinary child who can only see the actions of God. Be in a privileged position where you will see the ways of God and you can understand him better. Hallelujah. The other compelling reason which I believe is the fourth one, or the faith one. 
is that ultimately, I believe each one of us would like to enter that new city of Jerusalem. And in that new city of Jerusalem, our God's instructions are very clear. If you are defiled, the sign clearly is no admission. In Revelation chapter 21 verse 27, he says, Anyone who works and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. If you are defiled in any way or form, if you work abomination, if you are a worker of abomination, if you have defiled yourself, if at one point or the other you've made a choice, and in that choice, you defied yourself. The Lord says, the sign is boldly written at the gates. No admission. There are many things we do down here. Many things we do. Maybe even in the church. In our homes. Around us. Which may be abominable. But the Lord says, for this new city, anything that has been defiled will not enter. Tonight, on these first five points that I have raised, I am saying that any time we have confronted with a choice, you and I need to bear in mind, one, we have escaped pollution. We have escaped corruption. Number two, we've been begotten again and there is a lively hope. Number three, there has to be a desire to work towards perfection in holiness. Fourthly, I believe the desire of every child of God to stand and to receive and have communion, continuously have communion and fellowship with the Lord. You can only have that if you are not defiled. Last but not the least, the fifth compelling reason is that ultimately where we want to go to, the Lord says, if any person has defiled himself or herself, you will not be admitted. Given these five compelling reasons, what I'm suggesting is that if you and I have a choice, I don't think we should haggle at all. There should be no struggle because we have a purpose, because we have an aim. Hallelujah. Now there are two brethren who were very young in their days. Two very young men. That the Bible speaks about. Very young men who. The time came to make a choice. 
The time came to make decisions. They took decisions that were appropriate. Decisions that were godly. Decisions not to defile themselves. And I'm saying you and I can learn from them. Hallelujah. The interesting thing is that these were young men who abandoned or threw away comfort, disregarded pleasure, threw away puzzle, palace lives, threw away where you and I will call pleasure. But they said, we will throw these things away and will not defile ourselves. That to me is very challenging. Because today many of us are rather running for the things that they abandoned. Many of us are pursuing the things they discarded. The things they threw away, that is what we are running for. There are better examples for us to learn from. Daniel found himself in the king's court, but said, I will not defile myself. Moses found himself in the palace. I will not defile myself. Even Joseph in kingly, kingly places will not sin against God. What a great testimony. These two, and these amazing, very young boys. Very young. But they understood God. But they had faith in their God. They knew their God. Very young men. What a challenging testimony. That should challenge you and I tonight. That if these young men will abandon such things and stand for the Lord, and for them, it was God only, not even God first. You know, even when you make God first, then you begin to rank it. It is God and nothing else. That was the, what they did. It's either God or nothing else. They did not make even room for ranking. What a great choice, decisions, judgments they made. What a lesson for us. And no brethren, these are the little things. It's, look at the case of Daniel. Over food and drink. These are the little things. The little foxes. That is what is killing a lot of us. It's nothing big. But it will defile you. And in the presence of the Lord, you have no stand. Who will reject a nice wine and meat? But they did. Hallelujah. 
But if you have purpose, if you have set for yourself compelling reasons and say, I will not compromise, then you can also have a testimony of Daniel, Joseph, and Moses. Hallelujah. So in the book of Daniel, chapter 1, verse 8, we are told that Daniel purpose in his heart. Brethren, we need to make a decision. And purpose in my heart, in your heart, that I will not allow myself to do anything which is against my God. They may have changed their names. But they couldn't change their nature. They may have gone through a certain learning. You know, these days, many of us, because of too much learning, will be learning all right, but that learning should not compromise my stand with God to defy myself. They taught them, if you read Daniel chapter 1 verse 4, they said, whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans, but it didn't make a difference to them. They said they would not compromise. Defy their lives. In the verse 7, they gave them new names, but they said we will purpose in our hearts and we will not defile our lives. Hallelujah. And they were bold about their decision. In the same verse 8, they reported to the prince of the eunuch. They communicated their convictions. They were not ashamed of what they stood for. The prince of the eunuch, at that point, probably about the chief of staff in that palace. But again, these young men were bold and said, we will not eat that drink, that meat. Because I believe they knew the law of Moses, that on that king's table, there will be meat that have blood in it. Or it may have been sacrificed to the idols. They knew the law of Moses. Brethren, you and I need to know the law of God. You and I need to know God. It is only when we know God that when it comes to decision making, that we know that we take a decision that God will approve of. But if you don't know God, if you don't know the laws of God, anything goes for you. But because they knew, they said, it is our God first. Food doesn't matter. Will you be able to resist drink or food? What will you have done in times like this? And we only, when we all get there, it is a point, a time to be decisive. For many years, I happened to be on the board 
of Labadi Beach Hotel, close to 16 years. From 1997 to 2013. And as a board member, I had a privilege to eat and wine and dine without paying the person. And you know, if you go to Labadi Beach Hotel by this time, as you wine and dine, there is cool jazz music. And I'm saying that kind of atmosphere, if you think it is freebie and you patronize it, over time, over time, the jazz music will get into you and you'll be defiled. So for 16 years, even though I live at Teshin and pass in front of Labadi Beach Hotel morning and evening, if it was not a business meeting, I never stepped there. There are times they will call me, boss, you are wasting your privilege. And I said to myself, I have a God and I won't defile myself. And don't say that you are a champion. You try and be there, Labadi Beach, in the night and say you are a champion. Some little girl will floor you. <laughs> You need to flee and stay away. If at any time you get there, the first thing is boss, any drink. And as you know, your senior pastor will not be there. So, yes. But if you have made a compelling decision, whether it is free or not, and you know, some of these privileges can be dangerous. They have presidential suits. On one occasion, I slept in one of the presidential suits. I woke up after six. That tells you if you need to wake up and do dawn and pray, and you continue to sleep there, your prayer life will be something else. That is what sometimes these comforts can do. The comfort of certain situations. That is why you need to stay away. And don't think you have a privilege. Yes, this is a nice hostel. The only five-star hotel. Every president who comes, that is where he sleeps. You will meet him there. But the atmosphere, you need to be careful. If you have no business going there, stay away. Amen? That is the only way you will not defile yourself. Hallelujah. I also recall I used to work for Gayhawk while I was the public relations manager and we produced glass at Atakwa Abosu for almost all the breweries. So again, I had licenses. I was entitled to be at every clubhouse of every brewery. Again, free. Free beer, free Guinness, free Gouda. But you have to take a decision. I know many young men in the corporate world, because of these privileges, many of us have made a shipwreck of our faith because we are entitled to it. Yes, you are entitled to it, but there must be a compelling reason for you to reject 
Don't say I'm a manager. That manager, at age 60, you'll be called a former manager. But you would have defiled yourself. Make a reasonable choice for the Lord. Hallelujah. So that was Daniel. He said, I will stand by my conscience. I will not defile myself. They thought of themselves and said, we are a peculiar people. And because we are peculiar people, we will not dine. Yes, it was an honor. Who doesn't want an honor to be in the king's court? But they said, we will stay away and go and take our vegetables and water and just pray unto the Lord. And they had a testimony. But some of us are running after corporate privileges. And we are defiling ourselves. But they said to themselves, our conscience says, no, we can't live with it. So no way. And I believe they have learned the Lord David's prayer in Psalm 141 verse 4. David had a prayer in Psalm 141 verse 4. He says, incline not my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity, and let me not eat of their dainties. They are learned, I believe, of this prayer. They also, in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 3, knew of Solomon's precepts not to eat in certain courts. And I believe they also said to themselves, in this time of distress, that is not the time to whine at the king's courts. These were young men who made such godly decisions. So they decided to maintain their integrity in the depths of afflictions rather than retain their iniquity in the height of prosperity. You need to make a choice as you make decisions. But that was the decision for Daniel. We have a God to respect, a God to honor. We will not defile ourselves because of food. Because of food. If it is put before you, what would you do? I'm sure somebody said it's only today. It's only one day. And then you develop the appetite for it. But it stayed away. Stay away from what is deadly in the sight of God. Hallelujah. Then our brother Moses, another young boy or young man, presented with an opportunity many are running to. Who doesn't want to live in a palace? Who doesn't want to live 
in the palace. I'm sure you will say that it's a great joy to be living there and to be identified as a palace boy. But he said, no, I will join my brethren and suffer with them. That is the choice that we all need to emulate. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 26, Hebrews 11, verse 24 to 26, it says, By faith, when he was come to years, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, Moses believed in his faith. He trusted in the God he served. So between God and Pharaoh's daughter, he had to make a choice. And Moses said, certainly not to be called what the son of Pharaoh's daughter. May sounded nice, but Moses said no. Knowing what I've seen in God, what I've heard, this association, this linkage, the identification with such a powerful woman in that Egyptian palace, I would rather renounce that and abandon it. That is a lesson for us. That is a lesson for all of us. Associations are killing many of us. Sometimes there is some one individual who will come into your life and you see yourself going down the hill. Some one individual, some one person, some one colleague in the office, some one schoolmate. You know, I recall when I finished graduate school very fiercely, I knew some of my seniors in school. So I thought that these were my seniors. Why don't I start identifying with them? But I quickly realized that after close of work, they will go and drop their wives at home and then go for their mistresses. Certainly that company, you must run away as far as your legs will carry you. Associations, schoolmates, if you love to be in some of these companies, you'll be corrupted. You'll be defiled. Associations. Even as we speak on Isaiah, let's quickly look at Second Corinthians chapter six, verse fourteen, sixteen. Then we'll come back to the Moses. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse fourteen to sixteen. It says, "Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? 
And what communion have light with darkness? And what concord have Christ with Belial? And what part have the believer with the infidel? And look at the verse 16. And what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said. I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be for me. Associations. In fact, one verse, one version even says that as you walk with them, you are touching things that are filthy. I think one of the, I don't know, let's look at the verse 17. Verse 17. Yes, verse 17 says, Wherefore come out from them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean, and I'll receive you. Touch not the unclean, and I'll receive you. Touch not. As we make a choice, the Lord is saying, Touch not the unclean. And then the Lord says, I will receive you. It's an act of dishonor if you profess to be a Christian, to have any fellowship with those who are ungodly. It doesn't honor God. Because remember, you are, your life is dedicated, employed, and in the service of God. Any association with the unbeliever, if you are not just going to share the gospel with them, but to have close affinity, it dishonors God. Indeed, someone even says it is a treason to form an unusual yoke of an unbeliever because God dwells in you. Idols are rivals with God. And how can you, a child of God, honor an idol and come and honor God? Our God is jealous. You cannot put the two together. The Lord says, as you touch anything which is unclean, if only you make a choice and come out of it, I'm ready to receive you. That is the God that we serve. Hallelujah. Back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, 25. So Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer. You know, many of us are not ready to suffer affliction. Affliction. Because the world is teaching us to make it. Everybody is teaching us to make it. And in this process of making it, some say fair or foul. Some could the Machiavellian principle, the end justifies the means. But not in the sight of God. A time comes that you have to choose to suffer affliction. A time will come where because of the decision you've taken, you have to suffer affliction. But it is in the right direction. Hallelujah. It will bring glory to God. There were times some of us 
have to go through or suffer certain afflictions, or even denied foreign travel, be removed from certain boats, but we still eat. Hallelujah. Choose to suffer affliction and keep your integrity intact. Choosing rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. And it is for a season. The pleasures of sin is for a season. And what you need to remember is that the pleasures of sin, we cannot enjoy them without deserting God. As you enjoy these things, it means you are distancing yourself from God. Why would man choose pleasure of sin and distance himself from God? That cannot be, in my view, a wise choice. For Moses, he weighed the matters carefully. The worst of religion is that I will be reproached, I will suffer reproach. The best of the world will give you the richest treasures of Egypt, but that cannot be compared to the worst of reproach. So as we make choices, let's be directed by our faith. And in this faith, we'll make decisions that will give us a testimony in the sight of God. Hallelujah. And in all of these, I believe that as people of God, as we make decisions, we must be led by the Holy Spirit. When in doubt, when in doubt, and you are not sure, you see, I believe that once you go to God with a decision, that I'm confused, I don't know what to do, God will speak. The Holy Spirit will give you a direction. So when it comes to the decision moment, making a choice, God will speak. If only we will listen, we will get the appropriate answer and we will not defile ourselves. In conclusion, we all make decisions. We'll continue to make decisions until the Lord calls us or He comes. We'll continue to make decisions. But my submission is not choices that will make us only happy in this life, but choices of eternal value. Why do I say so? In Matthew chapter 19 verse 28, the early apostles may have made certain choices, left their businesses, followed the Lord. Peter asked, what do we have in this? What do we have in this? And for those twelve, Jesus said unto them, 
Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. The decisions they made were eternal. As if that was not enough, in Revelation chapter 21 verse 14, even the foundations of the new city, they had a stake. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. These were twelve men who are to make choices. And they made choices that had eternal value. It's unfortunate one of them decided to satisfy his need here and now. But the others, they look beyond today. They look beyond this life. They knew there is life after. Brethren, we shall be confronted with choices. But our choices should be of eternal value. I don't know what your motivations are. But I believe you have an expectation. You have a great expectation to be with the Lord. A great expectation that one day we will dwell in His presence. As we make choices, let's not be blinded. Short-sightedness. Short-term gains. But eternity in view. And as we do this, you and I will not be defiled and will give glory to God. May the Lord guide each one of us. May the Lord be with each one of us. May in every moment of our decision making, may we hear the voice of the Lord. May we be open and alert to the Holy Spirit. May our lives bring glory to God. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. May your name be praised. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.